The opposite of success is not failure. The opposite is that you haven't done your best. When you do your best, you learn to you learn to accept yourself, let go of the result, and let go of all the regret and self doubt. Regardless of their quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. Welcome to another episode of the Toolkit for Quarter Life podcast. I'm your friend Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Here you find all the tools you need to go through the quarter life crisis. Let's make these years count. If you want to be more confident, what would you do? Getting a new job, getting another degree, or repeating the positive affirmation every morning and standing very straight while you're walking. Since confidence is one of my yearly themes in 2023, it's like my primary goals, primary intentions. I've tried them all, but am I more confident? No. Reaching some of the milestones did make me feel a little more accomplished at the moment, but am I more confident in the long run? Not really. That got me curious. Well, when was the last time I feel really, really confident? Then a very distant example occurred to me. It was a public speaking competition that I took part in, in my freshman year in uni. In the final, there were two rounds. In the first round, you were supposed to pick a topic by yourself. You get about one month to prepare for it to make it a five-minute speech, and the top three contestants will enter the second round. In which you would do kind of like a lottery thing on the stage in front of all the audience. And you will be randomly given a topic out of five topics, and you need to deliver an impromptu speech. And about one month before the final, all contestants would be informed about what five topics they could possibly get in the second round. So, what's the best strategy to win? Yeah, you prepare six speeches. Sounds easy? No, not at all. We've got very, very limited time to prepare. Some of the topics were extremely hard to even come up with a script, like a faraway place in poetry. So some of of the peers I knew at the time, they just gave up for the second round. They were like, "Oh, I don't think I'm gonna get into the second round. I will just prepare the first speech, and I'm gonna put all my effort into it. If I luckily got into, if I luckily get into the second round, well, I'll just win it." <laughs> What did I do at that time? I don't know where I got all these motivation or say ambition to win. I prepared a complete script for every topic in a month. I polished every script for at least ten or even like twenty, thirty times late into the night at the self-study room. I got up early every day to memorize the speech on the corridor in the teaching building when it was still dark outside. I stood in the corner around the stairs during lunch break to practice every change of the tone, every hand gesture, every pulse over and over and over again. And on the day of the final for the first round, I was in the second place among twenty contestants. So I got into the second round, and I noticed one of the other contestants didn't prepare anything for the second round, and another one, and another girl, she had a short script like a an outline. For all the five topics on her phone, and she was busy reviewing it. 
before going on to the stage. Even though I was still quite nervous, of course, I'm gonna deliver a speech in front of so many people, but I was confident. Even when I luckily or say unluckily was given the topic, the faraway place in poetry, because I prepared a lot from this poet to another poet, from this line to another line. The poetry in the distance is even farther than the distance itself. I return that distant distance to the grassland. Well, I mean, it sounds way better in Chinese. Like, 远方的诗比远方更远。我把那远方的远归还草原。When my speech came to an end, the audience burst into a round of applause, and later I was announced as the champion of the public speaking contest among nearly three hundred participants. Standing on that stage is one of the proudest moments in my university life, and it was a time I felt both nervous but also really confident. And to be honest, when it came to the final, the public speaking skill of all the twenty contestants were very, very similar. So what differentiated us is the content of the speech and how well we prepare for them. Not one, but six of them. And then I realized my confidence only stemmed from one thing: it took action. I went all in, and I did my best. I know it now starts to sound like a pep talk. Oh, doing my best, which is obviously a cliche. I felt the exact same way when I saw it as the first principle in the Four Agreements: under any circumstance, always do your best, no more and no less. When was the last time you knew you can do better? But you didn't. When was the last time you did do your best? How does that feel? As time goes by, I found myself tend to not do my best as I used to, and I have so many excuses slash reasons. <laughs> Creating videos? Well, I just publish a video and fingers crossed, hope for the best. I can't put all my time into a hustle, right? Studying computer science. Oh, I think I'm just too dumb for. Coding. I'll just give a few shot and ask ChatGPT for a favor. Going to a handicraft workshop on Halloween day. Well, I don't think I'll ever figure out how to do a knot as a sixty-year-old grandma next to me. So, my dear friend, could you please help me? And somehow, as I grow up, I'm more and more used to just doing fine, or even doing the bare minimum. Probably because it feels safe. It feels easy. The opposite inner voice might go, "What if I do my best and still fail? What if I try my best and still cannot make it? Does that mean I'm just so bad? I mean, it'd be better if I just didn't do my best and failed. Then I could simply tell myself I'm not stupid. Well, I'm just a little bit lazy. But as long as I do my best next time, things will be different, or will it? In this case, not trying our best seems like a safe way to protect our self-esteem. But doing best is actually the only way to let go." Of the result, even if we do our best and still haven't achieved what we expected, it's not a failure. It's just a reminder. If you've already exerted great effort and still can't do the thing that well, it's a reminder that well, this thing might not be the most suitable thing for you. It's a blessing. It's a reminder to let you save time and pivot to give you the chance to pivot to something that you're more passionate about, that you're born to be better at. But if you don't do your best, And you fail. You might think, "Well, I didn't make it because I didn't use one hundred percent of my potential. If I do, 
I'll probably make it. So we tend to end up trapping in the loop of doing suboptimal and don't know where our limit is. Or you might think, I'm such a piece of shit. Why didn't try harder? I might succeed this time. And in this way, you just end up in self-attack, in regret, and in blame. Even if something is at level ten and you're still on level five, as long as you do your best, there won't be any regret along the way. Because that's because that's all you can do. Doing our best allows us to focus more on the process rather than the result. A very famous Chinese YouTuber Qingqing just posted a video on a breakup of a four or five year long relationship. And what touched me is that she said, "I've tried my best. We both tried our best. Even though this relationship didn't work out, I hold no regret." A set and for agreement. When you do your best. You learn to accept yourself. You have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning from your mistakes means you practice. You look honestly at the results, and keep practicing. This increases your awareness. You try your best. You're proud of yourself, regardless of the result. Doing your best is not about meeting expectations or achieving this or that. It isn't about the success or failure or whatever that label even implies. It is about putting all your energy into whatever life situation you are currently experiencing. Doing your best and getting positive results create this positive loop. The past experience has told you that you are capable, you are talented, you are diligent, and you will be rewarded for your hard work. That kind of pride, that kind of confidence, will serve as an anchor. For the rest of your life, it will become a part of your identity as someone who can achieve things when they strive for them. And the good news is, we don't have to excel in every aspect of our lives and strive for perfection all the time. Love is a very complex journey, and we simply cannot do everything perfectly. A great professional might suck at folding clothes. A good singer might be really bad at I know. Managing personal finance. Along the way, we must make trade-offs and decisions that prioritize certain areas over others. This process of prioritization and decision making is essential for finding our true passions and pursuits. By doing our best in various areas, we gain valuable insights into what truly resonates with us. It's through these expectations that we discover those activities or goals that feel non-negotiable. These are the endeavors that align most closely with our values, interests, and inner calling. If a mathematician tried his best in football and it didn't work out, he would be like, "Okay, let me try something different, maybe math." If Massey tried his best in math, similarly, he might want to try other things like football. When we find such pursuits, we can wholeheartedly invest our time, energy, and effort into them, striving for excellence in what truly matters to us. So here's your journey of exploration and discovery, and maybe you eventually uncover the endeavor that resonates with you on a deep level, becoming pursuits that are non-negotiables in your life. One last thing: your best varies. The agreements believe that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. There's a very famous story. You might have heard about this story before. There was a man who wanted to transcend his suffering, so he went to a Buddhist temple to find a master to help him. He went to the master and asked, "Master, if I meditate four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend?" The master looked at him and asked, "If you meditate four hours a day." Probably you will transcend in ten years. 
Thinking he could do better, the man then said, "Oh, master, what if I meditate eight hours a day? How long will it take me to transcend?" The master looked at him and said, "If you meditate eight hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in twenty years." But what will take me longer if I meditate more? The man asked. The master replied, "You're not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You're here to live, to be happy, and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life." I think I once accidentally. Practiced this quite well during my master's year. At that time, I juggled lots of things: full-time study, three internships in a year,、um, teaching arts part-time, creating videos. So I set a limit to myself: all the study and work and life admin need to be wrapped up before 9 p.m. every day. Whatever I haven't finished before nine. I just put them down on my to-do list for the next day and start my evening routine like journal, movie watching, or video creation. Was I doing my best?、Mm, I could possibly invest more hours late into the night for those quote-unquote productive things, right? No, with that limit, I was able to maximize my productivity. I was able to be, I was able to be more sustainable in terms of achieving things. And more importantly, do my best before nine. If you're down, if you feel blue, just getting up is you doing your best. If you're sick, unfortunately, just surviving the day is doing your best. If you're full of energy, crossing lots of things on to-do list, including your highlight, is doing your best. Regardless of the quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. If you try to hard and do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed, and in the end, your best will not be enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body and go against yourself, and it will take you longer to accomplish your goals. But if you do less than your best, you subject yourself to frustrations, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. It's not about the result; it's about how much you learn from the mistake when you already have done your best. It's about the positive feedback loop that gives you true confidence throughout the rest of your life. Next time, when you find something worth devoting yourself to, be ruthless once and do your best. This is for today's episode of Tokyo for Quarter Life. You can find it on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcast. You can also follow the channel on Instagram, Tokyo for Quarter Life, and the link can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've been hearing today, could you please follow the show and leave a review? Tell me what you love about this episode, what your favorite episode is, or what you want to hear me talk about in the future. I'm your friend Kitty, as in Hello Kitty. Have a good rest of your day. See you in the next episode.